Welcome to the Chick Monks Podcast, where we explore the spiritual path of contemplative Christianity with a female voice and perspective. A group of unnamed, unnumbered men brought a paralyzed man to Jesus, and Jesus calls it faith. The story is told in three of the Gospels, but none of them say anything about these men's relationship to this other man. Maybe they were his friends. Maybe they were strangers who passed him on the road, since paralytics were often found begging in this society, which honestly had no other place for them. However they knew him, what's important about these men is the fact that even though they knew they couldn't heal him, they believed this man Jesus could. Moved by faith and compassion, they carried him in on a stretcher, and when Jesus saw their faith, he healed him. But before he performed a physical healing, Jesus engaged with the man on a spiritual level. He looks at him and says, Take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven. He knows physical healing and spiritual healing are inseparable. Our bodies are as real a part of our experience and our lives as our minds and our spirits. And in a time and culture like ours, where we live much of our lives in our heads, we miss the connection of our psyche to our bodies, our self-concept in our physical state. And this is the realm of the spirit. This is the work of the spirit. Spirit bridges the gap between our minds and bodies, a gap that was never really there at all, We only imagined it to be. And so before Jesus could speak life and healing into this man's body, life and healing had to first touch his mind and spirit. When Jesus spoke to him, he first removed the shame and the fear of his own sin, which he had no doubt been told was the cause of his disability. Because that was common belief in his day. But Jesus offers him an alternative understanding of himself. Healed. Forgiven. Son. Meanwhile, he encounters a little grumbling from the scribes. Because authority is the name of the game here. The scribes don't want to lose their perceived authority, and Jesus was a threat to it. In outrage, they whisper to each other that Jesus is breaking the law but they don't see that he is the fulfillment of the law. The scribes cling to their systems of authority and power because it served them well. They know their place in society, and they don't like their comfort being jeopardized by this teacher who comes from outside their system. Just like you and I do, the scribes have created a solution to their greatest fear, and they're holding it close to their hearts. They'll do anything they can to protect it. And Jesus turns to them and puts his finger directly on the thing they fear. To Jesus, their fear is the obvious root of their resistance to his identity as the Son of Man. And when they resist the Son of Man, they resist the kingdom of God, the kingdom of healing, of life, of unity. They resist the very thing their precious laws were meant to create in the hearts and lives of the people of Israel. And they miss out. 
So for the person at the end of herself, the authority of Jesus is good news. What the Son of Man offers to that person is healing and forgiveness and belonging. Just imagine the delight of these men who brought this person to Jesus. All these people, everyone there, encountered Jesus as a giver of life because of their faith. But for those who benefit from the power structures and human authority around us, it is much harder to step into the greater power of the spirit realm. To the ones who cling to their mental systems of right and wrong, good and bad cause and effect, because it served them, the realm of spiritual authority won't infiltrate their rigid concept of reality. But this is the same realm where healing is found. This is the realm of eternal life. At some point, our structures of clarity, certainty, and human authority prevent us from participating in the abundant life of Christ. We put these systems in place because they serve us well. They make sense of the world, they create order out of chaos, and institute predictability in which we all have a better chance of survival. But at the point when we cling to them too tightly, these systems cease to lead us to life, and instead they bring about death and separation. If we want to see the miraculous work of Jesus— If we want to see healing and life and unity and love, we have to lift our eyes beyond narrow understanding and with eyes of faith accept our new identity as daughters and sons, forgiven and beloved in our limitations and our sins, and live as people resurrected from death. At some point, our structures of clarity, certainty, and human authority will crumble. And that is a very good thing. 